we began with this need for Mary to prepare our hearts as we go into the Mass. To be able to go in and be that, uh, the one to prepare the way for us and with us uh, by pulling away all the stuff so that we can have that clear, easy, perfect, pure way to union with our God, especially through Holy Communion and through the sacrament, um, through, the, through the Word. And so the Blessed Mother does these things for us. She prepares our hearts. We go to the Mass, go through, receive the gift of her intercession as she continually lifts us up to God. She continually comes before her Son, the Holy Spirit, her spouse, and our Father and hers and prays for us and offers prayers for us, those powerful prayers that any of us can know. And it's with us through all those miracles that take place in the celebration of the Mass, up to including the communion that we receive and the pondering of our hearts. And so that's where I kind of like to pick back up, is that pondering in our hearts. I'm not perfect about it myself, although I know I should. I don't always. I spend time after Mass reflecting on the gift of what just happened. Uh, I would like to be able to, but oftentimes I get caught up by, well, I've got to run off to such and such place and take care of this, that, or the other thing, or like on Sundays between Masses, oh, i got to go make sure this choir knows this, that, or about the other thing, or we got this right going, and these people doing this, that, and everything's immediately buzzing after Mass because we've gotten our sustenance, what gets us through the day, through the week, and so we have been sent. We have been sent out to go evangelize the world to, to do our mission uh, as, as children of God. And yet, I think so often the Lord desires us to be sent, but to know what we're being sent with. And I think that's the thing. Because a lot of times uh, I fail to realize really what happened of daily masses included where you know, you're kind of running from place to place or you know like I've done a number of masses and I do a number of masses in, in nursing homes where um, you know you kind of you're in the break room for the staff and you got a 40 minute window and you know you got a rush 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 and off you go but to sit and to ponder the things of our heart to imitate the Blessed Mother. To be able to look and follow after her example is a great gift. There was a lady uh, who worked on the parish staff at Our Lady of Peace uh, Parish in Vashery. And she was telling me a story. I'd often go visit with her. I was there on a summer assignment. She was telling me a story about one of her daughters, uh, about something that she had done. But she prefaced it with a story about her car. When her and her husband were just married, she had one of these nice little cars where the roof had like the little felt lining or whatever where the roof would kind of fall in and disconnect from, from the, the car. And so it would flap 
when you'd be driving down the road and you'd slap it on your head and you got to push it out the way and all this kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about. And so she would, to avoid that, she would hold it up against the ceiling so it wouldn't flap and hit her in the head as she's driving along. And she would hold it with the right hand and drive with the left. So she comes into her living room one day and sees her little girl who's about two years old doing this number <laughs> on the center of the carpet. And she, of course, she walks in, she was like, what in the world are you doing? And she's like, I'm driving just like you do. <laughs> and you have to laugh because, I mean, they picked up on the details that she doesn't ever think, and, you know, it's purely a functional thing, but she, her little girl has assumed, this is how you drive a car, you know? <laughs> in the same way, I think it's good to be able to take time and to look at the life of Mary and imitate Mary in much the same way, is to be able to kind of look at our mom and see how she does things and to be able to, to our ability, imitate that and emulate that within our own lives. And so, um, you know, we do that by looking at Our Lady's virtues, by looking at Our Lady's actions in our life primarily, especially at this point, after having received Holy Communion of God is literally in our own flesh to ponder that reality. Just as Mary, the scriptures say, she pondered all of these things in her heart. It's for us, too, to simply in the silence after Mass, hopefully the silence after Mass, to be able to, in the silence of our hearts, ponder the great mysteries of what's taking place in that moment. To ponder how God is healing our soul. As we prayed, you know, my soul shall be healed. In that moment, God's flesh is literally within our own body, healing and transforming our soul and our body together. To be able to sit think about that it's a wonderful grace to be able to know again in the silence where we can't see it where we usually can't feel it that something miraculous is taking place in this moment to be able to ponder that the same as Mary in our hearts and then we carry out our mission we go out and try to be in the world what happened on the altar, to be that transforming presence, that presence that, uh, as I said, we come and we offer our lives, and they're transformed and grace comes, same way as the Eucharist, bread is brought, wine is brought, transformed, it's for us, and the same way we come, and we, in a sense, become, because we are the mystical body of Christ, we become the body of Christ for others, that source of grace for others, that conduit of grace that others might receive the presence of the Lord in the midst of their day through us, through our actions, through our charity, through our humility, through our patience, through all the virtues that the Blessed Mother is putting within our soul, preparing for the next time that we go back to Mass. Those things as they're showing in the midst of the day to nourish other people, 
And I think it's beautiful to be able to contemplate of how Mary's visit to Elizabeth brought rejoicing to John in the womb as well as to Elizabeth at the awareness of God's presence. I think it was the presence through Mary, who was not divine, as we know, but was a woman who was willing to do the divine will. And by saying yes, God was made present to the world. And in the same way, by our yes, by our yes to sharing those fruits by allowing the presence of what happened in our souls to manifest itself in our lives, by saying yes in that, others also are able to experience Christ mysteriously through our presence. That's a very humbling thing to think about, is to realize that people come into contact with God through us. Very, it really is a humbling thing to know that in some mysterious way, we are actually imitating the Blessed Mother, who is that link between us that clears the way for people to meet God. In a mysterious way, by living the Christian vocation, we're doing the same thing that Mary does perpetually for us. Of In some way we don't understand, and ultimately in the mind of God, come before others. And simply by living our vocation, prepare the way, cleanse the way, so that others might meet Christ, meet our Lord, meet our God in the midst of the day. And it's by simply living all of those charities, again, all those, rather, those virtues, those ten virtues, uh, principal virtues, as uh, St. Louis uh, speaks of them. Humility, faith, obedience, mental prayer, mortification, purity, charity, patience, sweetness, and wisdom. A couple of thoughts on, on a few of those. Pray with Mary's faith in the midst of our day. To be able to look at our mother and imitate her life in the same way as that little girl imitated the mother driving a car is uh, to be able to look at Mary's faith and look at what she saw. I mean, imagine going and presenting your child at the temple and, and saying, uh, you know, he's going to be the rise and the downfall of many, and your heart's going to be pierced too meaning his is as well as yours. Wow. And then to be also, again, there at the foot of the cross, gazing upon your son, stripped in front of the whole world, beaten in every way possible, and now left literally to die. The things that she saw, and yet, faith, she still believed. Our world's not perfect. There are lots of crosses that we look upon every day in our lives, in our families, in our friends, in our loved ones, our communities, our church parish, our church as a whole, church as a country, our whole <laughs> world. Bless you. Lots of crosses, lots of words from our own. Uh, 
our own words where our hearts too are pierced. And yet, to be able to turn to the Blessed Mother, and in the midst of those things, in the midst of whatever the crosses are in our life, to be able to know that God is bigger than all of those things. And to turn to the Blessed Mother and pray for her faith. Bless you. To be able to see with her eyes. Because that's one of the greatest gifts that we could receive is to have the faith of the Blessed Mother. Because it permits us to see everything as it is. Not as we think it is, but as it truly is. Because as she heard that word about her own heart being pierced, she knew it was the will of God. And God's will is for all of us to be happy eternally in heaven. It can be a painful process. But she saw the ultimate end. As she gazed upon her son at the cross, certainly she wept. She wept bitterly. Who wouldn't? And yet she also saw and knew in her heart with faith that it was, every, it was worth every drop of his blood to fall to the ground because that was the salvation of the entirety of creation. She had the faith. And it's for us to pray and try to imitate the faith of Mary as we go out from the celebration of the Mass. Another thing is the humility Humility of Mary. Her name is said, what, in the Confidior, uh, in the Creed, and the Eucharistic prayer. Three times in Mass. Typically, unless it's a feast day, I don't know. Her name is basically said three times in the entirety of Mass, and yet she is with us intimately in every single step of the way. I think that shows the humility of our mother is because she doesn't need to be in the front. She doesn't need to be uh, mentioned in every single prayer. She doesn't need to have anything special necessarily. But she is content in her humility because she knows it is Christ who is important. It is God who is the key. And she is but one who brings us to him. And so we can look to our mother's humility and we can see that she was not concerned about self-glorification, about anything of being seen in the midst, but rather to do everything for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. That's all of our purpose here, is to glorify God by the salvation of souls, both our own and those of the world around us. That's our purpose. And we do that by being men and women of faith, by living out these virtues, by living out that humble, uh, you know, that, that humility of Mary, of being content in the midst of every day, to simply walk in the midst of others and yet be a powerful conduit of grace to those around us. And so... You go through all of that. Continue to pray for all those graces as the Blessed Mother goes as you continue throughout your day, throughout your week. And again, as those fruits are being born, as all of these 
virtues are coming alive in our hearts as we're becoming more and more like Christ, as we become more and more like our Blessed Mother, we realize also, too, that it is simply the beginning that we're at again because it is the beginning for the next time we go into that celebration where we meet our God once again face to face. And so there's a beauty in it uh, in this kind of cyclical nature of our relationship with our mother of how she is always, always with us, preparing us, reaping the fruits within us, and allowing us ultimately to come to know our God, her son, and ultimately our salvation through her simple, humble yes. Yes.